Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, July 20th, 2017 and this is a 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 72 beginning a new chapter, chapter 6 into action. We'll be reading the first two paragraphs, paragraph 1 and paragraph 2. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Karen R., The Twelve Traditions, Faye F., and reading the text and support today is Christine M., Marie J., and Jody E.Q. The reference numbers. The reference number for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting, that would be July 19th, Wednesday, 10179. 10,179. And for today, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, that would be July 20th, is 10182, 10,182. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Karen R. to please read the 12 steps. Star 1, Karen R. Good morning. This is Karen R., compulsive overeater from North Carolina, and these are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Karen R. I will now ask Faye F. to please read the 12 traditions. Star one. Good morning, it's Faye F. The 12 traditions. One, a common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is the one ultimate authority. Our loving God is seen to express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are the trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has the one primary purpose to carry this message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group or never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. There's problems of money, property, or fees diverse from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group must be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OASF will never be organized, but we may create service for committees that will be responsible for those who serve. Ten, Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need only maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of our traditions, as reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Thank you, Faye F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence Requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting, oh, I'm sorry. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one. To unmute, once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 72. We're starting a brand new chapter, Into Action, and we'll be reading the first two paragraphs, one and two. And I will ask Christine M. to begin our study this morning by reading those two paragraphs. Good morning. Yes, hello, everyone. My name is Christine M., and I am a recovered Compulsive Overeater from Missouri. Chapter 6, Into Action. Having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? 
We have been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our Creator, and to discover the obstacles in our past. We have admitted certain defects. We have ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. We have put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. Now these are about to be cast out. This requires action on our part, which when completed will mean that we have admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our defects. This brings us to the fifth step in the program of recovery mentioned in the preceding chapter. This is perhaps difficult, especially discussing our defects with another person. We think we have done well enough in admitting these things to ourselves. There is doubt about that. In actual practice, we usually find the solitary self-appraisal insufficient. Many of us thought it necessary to go much further. We will be more reconciled to discussing ourselves with another person when we see good reasons why we should do so. The best reason first. If we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. Time after time, newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives. Trying to avoid this humbling experience, they have turned to easier methods. Almost invariably, they got drunk. Having persevered with the rest of the program, they wondered why they fell. We think the reason is that they never completed their house cleaning. They took inventory all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves. But they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until they told someone else all their life story. And... Um, what, what's really standing out to me today is the second paragraph where it says, the best reason first, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. Um, I tried to skip this vital step, or in um, some cases I tried to do it um, with half measures and hung on to some of the worst items in stock, and I ended up getting back into the food. Um, I, you know, did... Uh, fifth steps that were dishonest, leaving things out, and then um, I would try to work the rest of the steps, and I fell, just like the book says, and was scratching my head, like, what did I do wrong, and um, I, I just, I, I didn't have enough humility or enough honesty or enough willingness to get, you know, 100% um, honest about uh, the nature of my wrongs, and I had that, you know, terminally uniqueness, you know, I thought that I was the only one that did certain things and I was going to take them to the grave with me and all that did was keep me sick. Um, I'm so grateful that I had a sponsor who had been through the steps and was living in 10, 11, and 12 and recovered um, to guide me through um, this vital step in step five and um, help me see, um, you know, my selfishness, my dishonesty, my fear you know, my resentment, um, my self-seeking, my inconsideration of myself and others, you know, to help me see all those things and not, you know, pointing them out to me, not in a shaming way, but in a way so, you know, so I could see that, you know, where these defects have been just one in my whole life and, you know, affecting every decision that I make. So um, I'm so grateful that these steps are here and I'm so grateful that, um, you know what, I got in enough pain where I was willing to go to any lengths and I was desperate and um, I did a fourth and fifth step and I got honest and, um, it, and I got to see the nature of my wrongs. That was the beginning of me being able to see that it wasn't everybody else's fault, that, 
you know, um, that I was involved. And uh, I set the ball rolling on most of those things. So um, thank you for letting me share, and I'm so grateful for um, this program and this big book. Thanks. Thank you very much, Christina. Now the lines are open. Marie J. Linda D. Reggie O. We can't hear you, Melanie. Well, for goodness sakes, I'm just talking away here, and I've caught myself in my own, <laughs> own web. I have Lori T., Liat T. D., Marie J., Linda D., and Reggie O. And I was so sweet about greeting all of you, too. Dang it. <laughs> Anybody else? Okay, let's go with that lineup. Lori T., Liat T. D., Marie J., Linda D., and Reggie O. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Um, and the second reading was very sweet, too. <laughs> so um, when I just read this, um, a couple of things I'm curious about. I'm just making my amends in step nine. And um, I noticed there was the word action came up actually back before I started the inventory on page um, 63. <clears throat> Pardon me. So I'm curious about why this chapter is titled Into Action, and that's something I'm going to ponder in my prayer life. But the first thought I got was that the inventory was kind of like starting the car, and then the rest of it is more like driving. And then when this chapter was, when the paragraphs were read this morning, um, what I realized was that it was only through doing step five that I was able to really have the confidence to make my amends and to do them without wallowing and without shame or without, you know, taking a backhanded swipe of, well, I'm going to pay you this, you know, <clears throat> even though, you know, you stole these two or th three things from me. So for me, step five um, is increasingly becoming significant because I can't, I can't get to the other places safely without having done it, without having had a, a new and compassionate view about myself, my step four, and then, of course, through step five with my sponsor, it helped me see objectively what has been happening with me. And I like how it says, I think it's the last sentence, all of their life story. And, yes, I had to mention certain defects, and um, that's what it says in that paragraph, too. But I really had a chance to tell my sponsor my whole story, all of the hurt, all of the disappointments, all of the regrets, all of the pain and all of the desire, all of the hope, you know, all of the shattered dreams. I got to share all of those things. And once I could see that it wasn't about me being a bad person or a lazy person or a stupid person or a super smart, you know, I also thought I was the most intelligent creature on the planet. You know, things like that. So it helps me bring me back down to what I, I've, I've actually restored a relationship with my sister. And I had a conversation with her yesterday. We were very honest. And I said, you know, it, I said I'm just functioning like a normal person and it just feels so good. And I said we had, a, it was the first, one of the few first conversations we had. It was honest. It was sane. There were no inflamed passions. There were no, you know, long stalling, how can I say 
these mean things to you in a nice way. So it really did make me, um, what did it just say, fearless, humble, and honest. And it helps me, it's helped me go ahead with my recovery. Okay. But particularly, thank you so much. In making my amends, I had all the courage in the world to do it because I did step five. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Lori. Liat TD, you're next. Good morning, everybody. Uh, this is so wonderful. I was prepared. I knew this is coming, and I was really excited about it. We've had some thoughts before the meeting. I just uh, first wanted to say thank you to Faye that read the 12 steps. I'm uh, sorry, the 12 traditions. You know, I heard the baby in the background, and you know her obstacle in her path this morning. And thank you so much. I know what it is to raise little children and go to meetings and cry and you know all that. So, and the other thing you know, and to the topic. Um, I was so blessed last time I, when, when I was shown how to uh, work the steps as the book outlines with a sponsor, a woman, who she just took me through the, she didn't stay my sponsor, but she took me through. And when I sat down with her to take a fifth step, she didn't, she was an active it was an interactive experience. She was very active in her listening. She pointed out my part, and she helped me see. She, at some point, it was a six-hour process. I really sat down and chronologically listed everything from the beginning. I wanted to do everything out. I wanted to tell her everything. So she, she, I didn't know what's going to happen. I thought she'll feel sorry for me and all that because I was a victim for years. I was swimming in my murky story for years, you know, writing journals. Maybe I should write a story, like some kind of a biography about my life and my unique story. But anyways, I was shown how to just take the story out, and I wrote it in the form as a big book outline. And she was, she at some point, she was able in a very clear and loving way to help me blur out the story and bring out the unmanageability of my life, those, those uh, obstacles that are in my past. And I was able to see that. And, you know, and, I, you know, and then the next step was what to do with it. But it was such an amazing experience. And, you know, and I, I think having this interactive and someone who listens but is able also to and knowledgeable to to point out to me, yeah, this is where you're dishonest. This is where, this is your part. You know, let's blur out a story. It's not helpful to you anymore. And so, um, you know, today when I sit with someone else, I know what to do, and it's, it's a great experience. I love you all. Thank you. Thanks, Liat. Marie J., you're next. Hi, good morning. This is Marie J. Can you hear me? I can. Great. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado, and uh, I'm looking at you know, the admitting of the exact nature of my defects. It's hard to do, and it requires so much humility because my diseased mind still wants to project the message of uh, having it all together and having a certain image of perfection, and I still want to show up a certain way on the outside. 
and I don't want anyone, including myself, to know that I have any defects. And, you know, that denial is habitual in, in my disease. But the question always comes up, you know, why do I need to do this? Why do I need to expose this? Why do I need to see other, see, other people see my truth? And some of it's about perfection, breaking down the notion that I have to be perfect in order to be loved. And some of it's showing up about, you know, showing up and getting real and giving myself a, and giving my, and giving you permission, myself and you, to be authentic. Because when we are in this kind of role of, of exposing ourselves, um, there's just this level of authenticity around and, and acceptance. Um, and it's also about humility, just being able to accept my imperfection. You know, in the seventh step, we have... Um, we ask God to uh, take all of me, take all of me, good and bad. And by nature, as a human being, I'm imperfect. And that was always unacceptable before. And this is surrendering my notion that I have to be something other than who I am. Um, You know, God created me this way, and I need to learn to embrace the good and the bad and to be able to expose that and be honest about it. So also with that humility comes uh, gratitude. Because if I can share my defects that I'm not proud of with someone else, I can build, build some courage, some courage in telling the truth to myself and to others, and the truth really does set me free. Because I can't be bound anymore by my disease when I expose my disease's secrets, and I can't be stuck in the shame and the guilt of who I, who I am deep down inside, which is just a huge, perfect, imperfect human being. And it just brings so much um, gratitude, gratitude for the freedom that this program brings, that the work brings. I'm a different person now, and I accept all of me because I'm able to share all of me and not be afraid of it and be shamed by it. And I'm not meant to be perfect. And when I talk on the phone, I know I can share my innermost fears and secrets and and also give you permission to do that too, and then turn it all over and give it to God to manage. And that's really when it turns out to, that I'm my happiest, when I can really get outside of myself and my self-seeking and my self-centeredness and be useful to others, to be able to help others. Because if I'm not attached to all this shame and guilt and all the crap these character defects bring up, and I can learn truth, then I can be helpful to you too. So very grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Marie J. Linda D., you're next. Hi, this is Linda D. from North Carolina. Am I audible? Mm-hmm, yes. Okay, hi. This is Linda D. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. By the grace of God, one day at a time, not cured, on a daily retrieve. And um, I'm happy to be able to share this morning. I'd like to just share a little bit of my experience with Step 5. I'm going to set my timer. forgot to do that. So many things to remember. Okay. Um, I want to drill down on the last sentence of the second paragraph. Um, this is a long sentence. They took inventory all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. Well, here it is. They only thought that they had humbled themselves, but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary. Until they told someone else, all their life story. You know, I was thinking about this this morning. I don't think that before I 
Joy's program, there was anybody in the world who knew all my life story, as far as I could tell it, because in some ways, some of us don't even know part of our own story. But in doing the fifth step with my sponsor, and I'm only 13 months old in OA, 13 months in recovery, um, I had to talk about things that um, were very embarrassing to me and that, you know, we all have our things. We all think we're terminally unique in these awful things that we have to confess. And what I realized was that, you know, pretty much, she pretty much heard it all before. I wasn't so unique in that. And I wasn't ready to talk about it publicly or in the in the rooms uh, in this forum, but it was practice with the first person, my sponsor. And she really knows me. There's been a longing uh, to be known. And she really knows me. And now, when I call her, if I'm missing something, because that's why you share it with another person, I think part of it is the, you know, I, I don't know what other word to call it, the confessional, but part of it is just that when someone hears me, they're going to be able to see the pieces that I'm blind to. And my sponsor says to me, Linda, I know you. And for the first time in my life, except with the exception perhaps of my husband and my mother, I feel happy to hear that because I trust her and I trust the program. So no matter what we think we may have done or why we think we may not deserve to be happy, joyous, and free, there's nothing that's that bad. Nothing. N-O-T-H-I-N-G. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Reggie O., you're next. Hi, good morning, Melanie. Thanks for your service and everybody who's on the phone this morning. My name is Reggie O. I'm very gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area. And, you know, I every time, with every step that we go through in the book, I'm like I'm so grateful, you know, to have been through that step, to be continuing to be work, working it. And just so I'm really grateful to be looking again, you know, with even fresher eyes at the, at the fifth step to, to get a, you know, just a deeper, deeper understanding and realization of what happens in this step. You know, we've been trying to get, we've been trying up to now steps one through four to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our creator and to discover the obstacles in our path of of, of a new attitude and of a new relationship with our creator. And that means that means our action here is to admit to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our defects. And you know, I, the time before when I did when I went through the steps, it dawned on me on the meeting one morning. You know, it says admitted to God, and I, I, you know, I, I had always, in some ways, consciously left that part out, uh, because well, God knows everything, right? God knows everything about me, but. I was very struck by that, that I hadn't actually had a conversation with God, you know, admitting, giving myself self these defects, giving God, you know, these defects and admitting them to God. And I did that. And it was, it was really powerful for me. And it, you know, it reminded me of something that I've come to, you know, understand over my course and program is that my relationships with other people are very much dependent on my relationship with God and to the degree that I can be consciously honest and uh, intimate and open and sharing everything with God, then it's to that degree that that can happen with other people. So that was a really important 
aspect of this step for me, you know. And but then it comes to letting other people know these things about me, right? That I don't want them to know. And I, I've usually, you know, had sponsors that I really admire them and you know respect their program. And uh, and again, this time it was like, oh God, you know, I need to share this with someone else and tell them, you know, tell them these things about me. What will they think, you know? And and what again happens is that you know they listened. Uh, I shared my my. Uh, this step with a man this time that took me through the steps and um uh and he just listened with a that ear you know that i guess an ear 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 for god you know is an ear and, and mouthpiece for god and um and then as as usually is the case you know the person who's listening tells me something about their life that says yeah i know i'm with you you know i've been I, i've done i've done my own version of this you know this aspect of this and um but there's okay. you, you know uh, i and i'll pass with that so thank you oh thanks reggie thank you so much it's now open for more shares we are studying on page 72 a new chapter chapter six into action and we have begun with chapter Paragraph one and paragraph two. Who would like to comment on those two paragraphs? Shawnee B. Lisa, Lisa H. Donna W. Terry K. H. Okay, Kathleen what do we have here? Okay, Kathleen, hang on for the rest of you for just a moment. I have Shawnee B. I have Lisa H. I have Donna W. I have Sherry K. B. Terry H. And Kathleen O. That's a good lineup. Let's go with that. Hi, Shawnee. Hi, this is Shawnee B., gratefully recovered in um, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And um, the fifth step was a big deal for me. Um, it was it was really hard to look at my part in everything and to look at the harms that I've done and to give that over to another human being. And there were things, there was one thing in particular that I really wanted to hold on to. I didn't want to reveal it to another human being. I was so ashamed that that I had done this. And it was really hard for me. But you know what? Thank God the big book put this in because I really wanted to hold it back. But when I was reading this, how could I hold it back when it says, when, you know, when it tells me that if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking and that time after time newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives they've turned to easier methods and in, invariably they got drunk i didn't want to eat again and that's and that's what held me together the fact that i was really done eating and i needed to be done that that i knew i needed to do this work in its entirety and as scared as i was I knew I needed to to reveal this so that I can have freedom from it because it was weighing down on me and all of these things were weighing down on me. And I'm just so thankful for this program that the freedom that I got from working these steps and working them in their entirety as written in the book um, just gives me a new life today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Shawnee. Lisa H., you're next. Star one, Lisa H. Oh, thank you, Melanie. This is Lisa H. I was unmuting um, and in here. Um, thankful. I'm a grateful uh, recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. And it's funny, I honed on that same, um, those same lines about if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. Um, and, and, 
newcomers have tried, you know, tried to keep things to themselves. And um, I remember, you know, earlier on um, getting into the four step, knowing um, that I had to be fearless and honest about it. And I would sit down, you know, as my sponsor directed me and writing the columns and I would just pray God, just show me what I need, what needs to be here. Show me what I need to put here. Um, because I think the hardest part was um, looking at my part. You know, it was everybody else's fault, don't you know? And so um, after putting that all on paper and then um, talking to my sponsor about it, you know, um, like many people, I told her things that I have never told anyone um, and she was so loving and kind, and I think actually it took two telephone calls to finish the whole thing. Um, but the book goes on to say that they have persevered with the rest of the program and wonder why they fell. Um, we think the reason is they never completed their house cleaning. And I feel like I have encountered this with sponsees, um, that they have worked through all the steps and then either they get to the fourth step and pick up or they get to the ninth step and pick up, or they may even get to the very end and pick up and can't figure out why. Um, and it often brings me back to this house cleaning. You know, I love the trust God, clean house and help others. Um, and, and that's why I had to be so prayerful writing all this stuff out so that I didn't leave anything out so that I faced it honestly and fearlessly and, and, uh, gave it over. Um, I actually did it twice. I, um, I'm one of those people that happens to be of the religious persuasion that has confession. Um, and it says earlier, you know, if that's part of your, if that's part of your tradition, do that too. Um, and the interesting thing that came out of that was what this person heard was fear. And that was probably one of my biggest character defects was fear, which comes up again and again, but I have a way now, um, of working through that. Anyway, um, I'm so appreciative. I know we hear a lot about this program. It's not for those who need it or want it. It's for those who do it. And to me, this is the these are the biggest part of lifting this weight off my shoulders is doing these action steps um, and getting to that sense of freedom, um, and then living in 10, 11, and 12. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Lisa H. Don W. Thank you. This is Donna W. in Northern California, and I'm so grateful to be abstinent and recovered today, and thank you. Uh, so grateful to be on the vision for you and for Team Thursday. And um, yes, one of the things I'm learning from my inventories is that uh, dishonesty is a big part of my uh, character defect. You know, where was I uh, self-speaking dishonest and frightened? I always thought, you know, I'm honest. Um, you know, I'm I'm good there. But as I uh, work through my inventories, I do realize how dishonesty is a big part of my story. You know, dishonesty in that, um, you know, always trying to be perfect, um, be in that realizing that I am good enough. So there's a lot of dishonesty around how um, how I'm not good enough. And then there's a lot of dishonesty about my addiction. You know, I think I can handle it, but the reality is I'm a real addict. And by having a sponsor who I've turned over my fifth step a few times and several 10-step inventories who I check in with every day no matter what, it's amazing where, you know, she sees and hears my ups and downs and, and can help remind me when I'm in the gutter that 
you know, I'm not always there. And that when I'm flying high, that uh, that I'm not always there. It's so, it's so helpful to have another person who knows my story. And then being a sponsor, it's such a honor to receive my sponsees' fifth step and inventories. And, you know, and, and to know I'm not alone, to know I'm not the only one with defects and things to clean up. And um, I, I want to turn over that um, I am very near my goal weight, and that is a big trigger for me. So I need to remember that this is a spiritual program. It's not a weight program or a diet program. So I'm going to do my best to stay connected with my higher power, and my higher power is not the scale or the, my weight today. And, um, and then I also want to turn over that uh, the, the readings from the previous days about the sex inventory has been really valuable to me, and I'll be turning over a sex inventory to my sponsor. So thanks. I pass. Thank you, Donna W. Sherry KB. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive by Reader. So thank you for your service, Melanie, and welcome everyone on the line. And here we are into action. Um, I was told that this is into action, not into thinking, not into feeling, uh, not into stalling, <laughs> that it's into action. So get going, That's <laughs> what somebody told me. Um, and, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, it says, we have put our finger on weak items in our personal inventory. Now these are about to be cast out. Uh, but it requires more action on our part. Um, when completed, we have admitted to God, to ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our defects. So for me, um, because the way I was brought through in this book, I was I was told the whole time by my step guide, this is about you connecting with your higher power. This is about you getting unblocked. This is about you relying on your higher power so you can have a relationship with your higher power. And so, and it's not on me. So with that with that being told the whole time I was reading this book, I was ready to do a fifth step because I knew that when I went to give it to my step guide that she was just going to be a witness to watching me tell my higher power my fifth step. And so I didn't feel like I was being judged or anything. And uh, that was a really important piece for me because, you know, the bobblehead started going when I started reading my fifth step. And so also it says that usually you find a solitary self-appraisal insufficient. And um, when you read the vital spiritual experience back in 567, it talks about, you know, how it, it, it took us a couple of months to do this work this way, but to try to do self-appraisal would, I don't know if it would ever happen. It would take years and years and years. So it's telling me that, it's better for me to give my fifth step with a person who is present, who has taken me through this work, who understands this work just as I have um, going through this work, and with my higher power, of course. And then it says if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. Vital means life-supporting step. This is a life-supporting step. This is going to free me up. And I just kept asking myself, Sherry, how free did you want to be and what I found underneath all of this was really mostly fear. And if you notice, when we say in the fourth step, when we're reading how it works, it says it's a vital fact, excuse me, a fact-finding, fact-facing, and that, you know, it's it's not about shame or guilt. It's more about finding underneath what's going on. And in our brackets on um, page 65, most of these are bracketed in fear. And that's a lot of what my life had been based on, I found out. 
And uh, without this step, I can't go on with the rest and how free that I want to be. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Terry H., you're can't next. Can't hear you, Melanie. I, can't hear me? That's what, I can no, hear you. Oh, you can hear me? Okay, great, Terry. Thanks. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Beautiful day today. I'm very grateful. The fifth step for me, and in the big book it says, this requires action on our part, which when completed will mean that we have admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. The fifth step for me was the most challenging step and the most rewarding. You know, I just finished writing out um, my resentments, my fears, and my sex inventory. And and now I was about to share that with another person, myself and God. And um, all my life, you know, I, I lived in isolation and, um, you know, to protect myself and um, kept a lot of things to myself and um, there were things on my inventory that I had never shared with anyone else however I was so desperate to um, to just to live that I had the willingness to um, be open and be vulnerable to share you know my inventory what I had written out with another person. I am so grateful my sponsor um, took me through it very quickly and um, did not allow me to sit in it very long And because I was willing. I was willing to move along. And um, um, when I finished my inventory, we set a date to do my fifth step like a couple of days later. And on that day, I was, I was ready. I, I have a walk-in closet in my house. I have a lot of teenagers and dogs and cats and the zoo in my house as well. And I went into my walk-in closet and spent hours in my closet sharing my fifth step with my sponsor. And I was just so grateful for that opportunity. When I was done, you know, um, she helped me to see my patterns and, you know, those character defects that I thought were strengths, you know, that no longer served me were blocks. All of that were blocks between my, me and my higher power. And I just wanted to clear that and, um, so that I could have access to my higher power to continue to work the steps and to continue to move along in life in my journey of recovery. And um, when I came out of that closet, it was just a wonderful feeling. It was, it was kind of funny, but it was a wonderful feeling. And, um, you know, today I can just practice uh, turning that over, turning things over, turning my character defects over um, in my 10th step. And I'm, and I'm just really grateful for that. And um, thanks, I pass. Thank you, Terry H. Next is Kathleen O. And we might have time for another person after Kathleen if you want to get ready. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you. This is Kathleen O. Great to be on the line with all of you this morning. Um, recovered compulsive overeater in California. And the best reason first 
if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. And vital is absolutely necessary or important, essential, crucial, all important, imperative, compelling, high priority, life and death. Um, vital is a really strong word. They are telling me here, I cannot skip this part. I have to do it or I'm, or I'm going to eat again. And, you know, I think this is key for, um, you know, we can come into this program and, and get a food plan, but, and if we're doing well with the food plan, it can turn into just another diet. And, but by doing these steps, it, the food plan doesn't turn into a diet. It turns into something that, for me, I love my food plan. I love, you know, the food I eat. And I'm not, I'm not thinking about or obsessing about the foods that I used to binge on anymore. And that's due to these steps. And, and the best part of this is my head. You know, prior to doing this fact-finding, fact-facing inventory and, and giving it to God and another person, there's something compelling about giving it to another person. Um, it's, you know, even today, if I have a resentment or a fear and it's, you know, and I can't just give it to God and let it go, I'll write it out and I'll give it to someone else. And the process of writing it out lifts it about 50%. The process of giving it to another person it's just kind of this, ah, okay, I can move on in life. I can continue to be compassionate and kind and loving. And, you know, the part of this of, of you know, ridding myself of my egotism, I, the ism, I, self, and me, and, and getting a dose, a big dose of humility and becoming humble, that allows me to not have to get sucked into drama in life. Um, it allows me to, you know, be of service and be useful and, and to really feel good about life and myself. And um, so this is, this is just so important. You know, it's like I had to lay all my, my cards on the table and show them all. And, and I have to say I didn't do it all the first time. Um, I had to go through and do it again and, and because there were just some things where I thought, oh, no, that's just, I can't, I can't do that. Um, but I did it. And when I did it, it was such a relief. And that's where I started to get the feeling of having the freedom, the freedom from food, from fighting the food, the, the freedom from fighting life, fighting other people. And thank you. I pass. Thank you, Kathleen. Oh, we do have time for at least one more that would like to comment on paragraph one and two. Is there anyone that would be interested in taking that spot? Stephanie L. Hi, Stephanie L. I'll take that. Um, you're just a little bit distant. If you could maybe um, adjust the volume or something, otherwise we'll just listen to you. How's mm -hmm. that? Is that better? It does seem to be better. Thank you. Thank you for the effort. All right. Good morning, everyone. This is Stephanie L. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Southern California. And you know, I've been listening to the meeting, and I, I wasn't going to share. And you know, I find that when I do what I don't always want to do. I'm given um, the gift of recovery. So, um, you know, I, I remember, gosh, I remember doing, um, getting ready to do my fifth step and I was terrified. I was terrified that my sponsor wasn't going to like me anymore. I had done things that I thought would be offensive to her. Um, I was scared. Um, 
but what I've learned here and, you know, I came here desperate. I came here unable, um, you know, to, to stop eating compulsively on my own. And I was told that, you know, if I work these steps, I'm going to not only be able to stop, but stay stopped because I had been able to stop, but never able to stay stopped. And I was told that if I don't do a thorough fourth and fifth step, I'm going to eat again. So I trusted God and I said those things out loud. I told secrets. I said things that I had never said to another human being. Um, I said it out loud and um, my sponsor shared with me things that she had done. And we cried, I cried, she cried. She helped me see my part and, you know, sharing that with another, another human being who was able to say to me, yeah, what was your part in this situation? Um, you know, was freeing to me because I can't control other people. I can't, I, I can't make my mom treat me differently or my husband, you know, be more, so whatever it is, I can't change other people. But in seeing my part in those resentments and through, you know, seeing my character defects, I can, those are things that, you know, with the, with the power of my God, that can change. And so it was freeing. And, you know, and that's been my experience here is I don't want to, I'm scared. I don't know. Do it anyways. I don't have to want to do it. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to feel like doing it. Do it anyways, Stephanie. And when I do it, um, I am relieved. I'm, I get to stay abstinent. I get to stay recovered another day. And then I get to be open to the universe and to, you know, the amazing plan that my higher power has for me. And um, that I am so grateful for. So thank you for letting me share and I'll pass. Thank you, Stephanie L. And that wraps the recorded portion of our study today. We have a bit more to go. Thank you to everyone that has shared. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Marie J., would you please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Star one, please. Hi, sorry about that. This is Marie J., um, recovered in Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.